Hello, everybody. This is Louie, and it's Black Friday. In honor of our dear peeps in the hospitality industry who work Thanksgiving night, we're releasing our brand new episode ahead of time because we want to promote the Leftovers with Mama event, which is happening on Thursday, December 5th at District 1. Also, as a reminder, we record our podcast on location most of the time, so bear with us if you hear restaurant sounds and other ambient noise. We're super thankful to our guests for spending time with us, and sometimes that means the interview has to take place in the middle of a busy dining room or kitchen. So here it is, our brand new episode. Have a great holiday weekend, everyone. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef, journalist, dog mom. And this is Louis Victor. Chef, pro food photographer, and not the mama. No, you're not, especially today. Nope. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers worldwide. Let's start with this podcast, Sharp Quote. Luke? My mama always used to tell me, if you can't find something to live for, you best find something to die for. By the great Tupac Shakur. Tupac! Tupac! <laughs> so in this episode, we have the woman many people in Las Vegas Chinatown call Mama. Her popular Insta handle is This Mama Knows Best. Christina Nguyen is the general manager at District 1 Las Vegas. Hello, Christina. Hello. All right. Why do they call you Mama? Oh, God. How does the story go? I really wish I knew. Um, I'm just very nurturing. I mean, I like to feed people. I like to cook and make people chubby. You know, um, you know, I try to be there for every single person in need of help, um, whether it's a hug or if it's something. There's always something going on with someone, and there's always something to do for someone. Uh, so that's a very important thing for me. Do you like it? I love it. You're totally fine with it. You don't feel... I feel nothing. It feels natural. Uh-huh. It's something that I was like, put on this earth to do, I think. <laughs> well, for some, you know, like, the whole nurturing is comes uh, pretty naturally. And I think for Christina, it's like amazing. I felt the magic of Mama when we traveled in Vietnam with Kai. It was pretty amazing. It was a great bonding experience. It was. We slept <laughs> in the same bed. Yeah. Kind of very skeptical. bonding. Yeah, very bonding. Kind of skeptical at first. <laughs> uh, are you single? <laughs> no. We slept yeah. in like super no beach rounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so being a mama, family meals probably come pretty naturally as a mama. It is. So let's talk about what family meals first mean to you. Mean to you. you know, coming from a small family, um, cooking was always really important to me. Uh, it always brought... You know, I grew up and I remember standing on a stool. My parents were in college. We just came, like, you know, they immigrated from Vietnam to the States. Um, and I had an Irish nanny, you know, but that once in a blue moon time when I was old enough that um, I was able to stay home by myself or do things by myself, I remember standing on a stool and cooking my own first instant ramen. Um, and that was really rare for me because uh, having an Irish nanny, I ate potatoes. Um, <laughs> 
I don't eat rice now. I don't eat pho. Those are the things. You're I so un-Asian. Uh -huh. I don't know what the hell it is. She's a coconut. Grown yeah. on the outside, white on the inside. Yeah, I'm definitely a Twinkie for sure. Twinkie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, I never had that sense of family. Um, it wasn't like a big thing growing up. Okay. Um, but so I don't know, like, when I got into this business, um, it was a way for me to keep everyone together and bring everyone together. Um, Chef Howard from Sparrow and Wolves says, you cook like my, my grandma. And sometimes I feel like that. <laughs> That's actually you graduate mom and a grandma. You know, yes. usually mama jokes are kind of like, you know, like your mama jokes. Yeah. yeah. This is a compliment. Wait. And it's weird, you know, it's, I get very like sometimes intimidated, like before I never thought about it, I just cooked, I put it on a plate in a bowl, and I wanted people to eat it. Right. Um, and, you know, and, you know, for chefs to come and, you know, or text me in the morning, ask me, what am I bringing to work today? You know, because they're going to stop by for lunch. It kind of like scares me because, you know, these people that I'm surrounded with that are phenomenal chefs that cook at the James Beard House, one's teaching at CIA in Napa right now. It's like, what is different? From my mashed potatoes and my giblet gravy, or you know my Vietnamese beef stew, that you know, it like blows my mind sometimes. I can tell you exactly what it is. It's love. love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw you. Oh. It's That's totally what it is because Louie and I talk about this a lot. You can taste it. Yeah. When, and you can taste it when it's not there. Like, I feel like when you cook for something, it'll be just like, pure passion. Passion. Yeah, passion. As the Latinos call it. Yeah. My Versus, like, inside. I have to get this done. Yep. Totally taste the difference. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's all about love and the nurturing. You talked about liking to nurture people. Mm -hmm. And that nurturing goes into your body. Yeah. And it's like a whole other kind of nurturing that grows you physically and yeah. spiritually. Yeah, I mean, I get emotional about it. On a daily basis, I'm emotional now because it's like it's not I'm not crying. I'm sad. I'm like it makes me happy. You know, she and literally is getting teary eyed. I know. It's like, <laughs> this is a video. Uh, I would like. need another Burnett Mama's milk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so okay, what is Mama's milk? Oh God! How did it become Mama's milk? I, I, so I didn't know anything about this. Yeah, I we brought it magic of Mama's milk. It sounds again kind of like dirty to me, Mama's milk. Yeah. Well, no, she didn't spray it out of her breast. <laughs> no. Um, I hope not. But <laughs> I've given birth before, so I don't know anything can come out of my breast. So I really don't care. About that one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I was introduced to Fernet a long, long time ago. I've been in this business for 27 years. I'm sorry, it'll be 27 years next month. Um, and it's always something that was a part of me. And uh, I brought it to District 1. And it's something that I did to greet people and people and even strangers and like people from across the world, the nation. And they're like, come on, like, I've never even met these people before. But it's all because of Internet Bronco. Uh, I'm very fortunate that Mr. Bronco himself has visited me a couple of times. The dad originally with a signed bottle, um, I think that was five years ago. 
and then the son visited me two years ago. That's basically because of the company. Um, you know, I'm a loyal person. I'm a supporter of things that I believe in. Um, Burnett is one of those things that everyone can enjoy um, in moderation, obviously. Pizza uh, <laughs> digestive, so that's very common in European cultures it's, to have them. It's medicinal. Uh, yeah. It's medicinal. Just like mama's love. Yeah. It's medicinal. It's medicinal for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love to to share things with people and for people to come in and, you know, it's not about all about the business and it's also about giving that feeling, that ambiance. And I don't want to say family for our guests because most of them are family, but we, we attract so many different kinds of people. But it's something that's welcoming. Um, yeah. As I tell everyone in Florida, it's a big part of uh, everyone's, I don't like to use the word training, but, you know, when guests, not customers, they are our guests that walk through these doors, we treat them as they're walking into our own homes. So would you like something for them with something to drink, like whether it's a glass of water, well, a glass of water is always cold, whether it's a cocktail, a glass of wine, or whether it's a shot for that. But there always has to be something for you know, keep feeding them, you know. It's not about forced selling, it's about making people feel welcome. And I think that's um, what we made happen. Right. It's the difference between just having great food and having great food and service, which makes you a true restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about some of the items you make, because we had discussed a little bit about Vietnamese food, but you say that it's not just Vietnamese food. You can be cooking anything. Oh my god, I'm like a walking garbage disposal. Like, I mean, I don't need to like go to the grocery store to like create something. I don't like anything to go to waste. I mean, you know, every Monday and Tuesday I clear out my fridge, then I'm gonna stock it up again on Wednesday. I just make random stuff. Um, you know, I'm pretty known for chicken meatballs and uh, recently for Picnic in the Alley, which was an all-women curated event uh, with Jolene Molina, Manina, uh, and Erica Bell, and, and Shyla, the whole group. I did, uh, I was in Vietnam. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't believe, like, deep in the middle of the night, we'd be getting texts. <laughs> we were in a different time zone. Yeah. yeah. So while everything was happening here, yeah. we were, like, trying to sleep. And all the Megan women were there. I mean, yeah, it was, like, exactly. Paul Reeson, and it was Oh, yes. and Gina. It's funny. But I have a great team and I have a great support system. Um, you know, I had Leslie Lau, who, you know, um, was one of my Fernet reps for a long time, and uh, Tasha, um, my, my best friends, uh, Janelle Pretty. So I made a chicken pho pot pie. Um, Ooh, that sounds event. good. Yeah, and then it was paired with... Um, and if you bring it back your pot pie, you have a shot. Dang, okay. Yeah, I can get into that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm just very diverse. There's nothing like, I don't have a set recipe for Everything goes into a pot. So do you have a favorite or favorites that kind of just, you know, are kind of things that you go to, your go-to? I'm a meat lover. So I'm sorry for all my friends that are vegetarians. Uh, I will cook meat, any kind of meat, all day long. A turkey's actually my favorite. Uh, turkey. Oh, good time of year for that. And it's coming out. I eat it all year long. I mean, I bought a pound and a half of deli turkey meat two days ago. It's gone already. You know? <laughs> Inhale. Yeah, and you had told me, too, that you're going to be cooking, like, 
a dozen turkeys or more this time of year? It'll be more. I already have one under the belt. I have six next week. She's like a restaurant herself. And then uh, I'll probably do a dozen to maybe, depending on the numbers for the leftovers, um, the two dozen turkeys. Like I said, um, you know, I'll overcook for this particular event because it's called the leftovers and everyone will be provided a container that they can actually bring food home. So since we're talking about it right now, let's go ahead and talk about the particulars. You have an event coming up. Yes. It's called Mama's Leftovers. Tell us about it. Um, so last year, I partnered up with a supplier, Nova Park, and for me, um, offering something to the industry was very important to me, and it made sense to me to just call it the leftovers because it was after Thanksgiving, but it's something that I wanted to give to people, and there's a lot of industry people here that don't have families, and they have to work, and they don't have the time, etc., etc. Most people can't even cook, um, you know. Nor what they what they know what to do with a fifteen pound pound plate. So I planned it with them where we did it the week after Thanksgiving, where everything kind of dies down a little bit. Um, and so I will break down all these turkeys, and I have a carving station for sandwiches with all the fixings, stuffing, cranberry sauce, every single fixing that you could possibly think of. I have um, the turkey bobby. I have turkey soup. Um, this year I'm not sure so that's why I named it turkey all things turkey this year um, so not to be like set because I could be inspired to put something really cool uh, maybe a curry Super turkey. Um, last year I did turkey pot pie, but I think I'm kind of tired of the pot pie thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We executed quite a bit of them uh, while we were in Vietnam, but uh, yeah, that was uh, interesting. Yeah. So how do you come up with the energy for this? Because this sounds like a lot of really a lot. I'm asked all the time. Like, I'll tell you. Like, sometimes we. We could be doing five, six hundred covers at lunch, and um, and I've been asked this by coworkers. You know, I'll stop at the store, go grocery shopping, cook, and make sure the next day that everyone has food here. But for some god forbidden reason, uh, when I hit that grocery store, I walk down every aisle. Like you, you don't even need GPS. Ask me what something is in the majority of grocery stores in Las Vegas, I could probably tell you, you know where it. everything is. Like there's something very therapeutic about like browsing grocery Oh, stores. I love it. Yeah. I, I like doing it by myself because I love it. Yeah. Some people don't like it at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, that's the thing. Are cold. Ooh, I, and I hate one with my husband because he's like, get this, get that. And I'm like, yeah. No, no do you see what's out there. Yeah. Uh, we can't just get apples because they might not look good. Like yeah. whatever it is. So I like to go by myself. Yeah. I want to take inventory of like different shapes of pasta and whether they're gluten free or not yep. and whatever whatnot you know new yeah. sauces people are coming up with right. like what are people selling I mean these are things that actually like really um, trigger my passion and my energy and then of course bringing in the groceries as a car my energy is like god what right <laughs> um, no hey I just got like a double decker cart yeah I was like this is my sister forever but yeah. then I go home and then I put on my pajamas and I will literally break down protein and peel vegetables and I don't peel carrots I only do them for special occasions but I believe that keeping the skin on most, most vegetables me too yeah. yeah but yeah I mean and then I'll cook until I could be exhausted and I'll cook till 2-3 o'clock in the morning fine 
It just you like it. Yeah. Yeah, I just need it. You need it. Yeah. To see live, to survive, to be happy, to like balance in life. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, you work in the front of the house. This gives you the actual hands-on, getting your hands dirty, getting in the food, that kind of thing. It's filling yeah. another part of you. I mean, I love the front of the house. You know, the front of the house is, you know, honestly, like, I'm in the front of the house and the back of the house here. So I really control in between. There's no line for me, right? Um, the front of the house is interesting. Um it helps me create my foundation. Uh, they are truly like my protégés, like my little mini-me's. And, um, you know, I've been very fortunate that most of the people that have worked for me have worked with me either before or they've been with me since they've opened. You know, That's and, very cool. That's yeah. loyalty. And, um, you know, and for me, you know, I, I kind of came to like a plateau. And um, Erica Bell taught me something yesterday. We did a training for the staff yesterday. You know, and she, she used plateau a lot. Um, and I almost feel as though sometimes that like I have plateaued in my career. Um, new generation is very different. And, but the only thing that I can do to keep all this together is through my family. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you have a restaurant that's successful and it's running well, and besides everyone riding on their high horses and egos, we still have to take care of other people around us, whether it's someone that's mopping our floor, cleaning, you know, whatever, right? Dishwashes, everything. And I think that's really important. And, and you know what? Sometimes you can't afford to give a raise, but sometimes those little things count. And people appreciate that. And it doesn't really cost anything to us. It's just a little bit of time. You know? Definitely. That's You're absolutely right on all those points. Because at Bazaar, where Louie and I met, mm -hmm. uh, we had a very intricate family meal. To the point where we could order things. Yeah, oh, family that's meal, like just use the stuff family meal competition. So a lot of the time, you know, if you're not in the restaurant business, uh, you use product that maybe, you know, is at the end of its run. We need to use it so it doesn't go bad. We don't waste, like Mama says, that kind of stuff, which is important. But then also, you know, a restaurant like Bazaar will say, okay, what do you need? You know, oh, well, we want some pork shoulder or we want yes. chorizo or, or something, you know, special. And that ability to do that, I'm sure kept a lot of this around. Not at respect, because I do the same thing. Yeah. It was a daily thing for us. Mm -hmm. And and we always say that a lot of us were all still friends, working together still in some way, and hanging out together. And that group of people was so close, I think, because we were so involved yeah. with family meal. I mean, we were involved to the point where we had competitions and you were trying to like make each other look bad and cook better stuff. And you know, it just lifts the level of skill also in the kitchen. Competition is a great thing. I enjoy competition. Yeah. You know, everyone asks me a lot, like, are you afraid of competition in Chinatown? I don't mean to change the subject. No, it's on the same subject almost. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'm not. Bring it. Because that means we're not doing our best. Yeah. Right? So if you are afraid of competition, that means that you're just mediocre. And I'm sorry. I don't respect that. Right? I understand there's a lot of businesses in town that, you know, they, they try to, like, do that one-hit wonder and make their money and go. But, you know, you know, that's one thing about District 1 is that I... <laughs> 
And the reason why I also stay is because we truly believe in premium when it comes to whatever we carry at the bar to the product that we have behind. So, since we are talking about Chinatown, how do you feel about the growth of Chinatown? Like, what do you feel about the direction Las Vegas Chinatown is taking? Uh, you know, I mean. I love Chinatown. Chinatown is the second busiest space or location that's located off the strip. Um, you know, Chinatown, like any other Chinatown, every other city is created for a reason. It's because, you know, if people came to this country and they wanted to bring something that they knew, and whether or not they knew it was going to be successful, they wouldn't know. But it was to take care of their families and put their children through school. Chinatown here in Vegas has changed a lot. Uh, we've definitely seen a lot of new visitors. Yes. Um, and that's a great thing. Yes. Um, and then you have the visitors that are here, you know, obviously, you know, every business is about the money as well. But I thought, or I think that Chinatown has the potential to be a little bit more diverse mm -hmm. um, outside of Asian cuisine. Um, and it definitely has recently. There have been, been a French restaurant that's come in that's really popular. Montage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sparrow and Wolf. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of restaurants here that are EDO right next door. You know, tapas, Spanish. Everyone's successful, and that's what we all want. You know, um, as long as I think I think it works here is because we all support each other. And that's the one thing about Las Vegas is that um, the chefs and the industry do support each other strongly. Right. Yeah. It's very different from like, you know, working at a strip property. It's kind of like you're you're an island on by yourself. Yeah. So and we created a really strong a strong um, network, which is great. Um, on any given day, you know industry people and all these chefs are on here and we're just chilling like there's no there's not there's no animosity there's no competition it's just that we belong together yeah we have the same desires in many ways and the same goals i feel like there's like a better you take a better pulse with like where the industry is going by actually visiting local spots than dining on the strip like the Strip is a great state, don't get me wrong, but Las Vegas and its culture, you can probably like probe it when you like actually go to spots like Chinatown and downtown, because that's where it's at. Absolutely. It's a totally different scene out here. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you think about the Vegas culinary family? Because you had said some positive things, like you feel like the chefs definitely support each other. I feel like it's growing, to me. It feels like, because we're getting a lot more of these local restaurants and people are coming in from out of town, they're seeking it out. And so to me, I feel like it's, it's getting better and bigger. It's huge. I mean, you have to realize 80% of our, our guests that come here on weekends are not locals. Um, I'd be lucky to see a local, to be honest with you. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw one of my most recent posts on Instagram, but you know, we had a bus come in. Um, a bus? With like 15 people, and they all had two full size luggages each. Just pulling it into this restaurant, I had to squeeze everything in here. And that's something that's so, um, it's, uh, it happens so often here. 
um, I have a friend who owns Whistling Andy in Montana, and every single time that she's here, um, she's like, I've never, ever been in here where I don't see suitcases. So we're very fortunate, knock on wood, you know, that uh, we've created uh, a very interesting, diverse uh, clientele here, for sure. That's amazing, though, for them to venture off the strip to actually come here. Actually, it's a testament to like what we do. It's a destination. Yeah. Whether it's after you leave the airport or before you leave, the if not both. Uh, and I think that strip prices are is a, a huge factor as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. I think it's also about just in general the food community at large mm-hmm. is doing better at promoting themselves when it comes to local foods, regional places to eat, regional foods, seasonality. Just in general, I feel like the population at large is more concerned and more interested in that. So because they want it, it makes it great for all of us who are trying to do that, have been trying to do that for a long time, you know, and, and they're reaching out for these local places and local businesses and smaller businesses rather than you know a corporation and that's where I think I feel strong because I really truly believe that um, our service and the energy and the vibe that we actually provide is very different than any other Vietnamese restaurant. I won't even say Asian restaurant, but I'll say Vietnamese restaurant for sure. Um, people feel it, and I feel it when I walk here. You know, I'm very proud of our staff, and this is, you know, it, these are things that make me want to continue doing what I'm doing. You know, um, and for me, like I said, it's, it's all about what I feel in my heart, and it's nothing about like the financials. That's really what's important to me. Um, you talked in the beginning about making sure that people feel welcome that they're at home. Do you feel like, you know, the sense of family meal, the sense of family in a restaurant can trickle down to the guests? 100%. Guests tell me that on a daily basis. They know, you know, how special most, most if not all of everyone that's here. One good thing is like what makes me happy is that they truly are family and I can see that it, but I'm not even here. It goes throughout the whole entire room. But even when they're off, they spend time together. They have lunch and dinner. Like those kind of miles. Right. That's kind of like, okay, well, I worked four to five days with you. And like, okay, well, now that we're all off, then let's still hang out together. You know? So you, you know you created something special when that kind of stuff happens. Um, so you recently traveled to Vietnam with Kai, and Louie was there as well, and quite a few people. Um, what's that like, taking that work trip with your work fam? Oh, it's my first time in Vietnam. (laughs) Terrible. It was my first time. In Vietnam, the country. Or just the first time to be both. Everything. Okay. Yeah. What was that like? I saw some of the amazing pictures. It looked beautiful. It was great. Um, Can we tell them about the monkey? Oh, God. (laughs) Can we tell them about the monkey? Jesus. So what were you able to take back for the restaurant? Like, just, I don't know, like food ideas? Maybe for family meal. Like, did you take back inspiration? I did. Uh, I was very surprised that the best chicken and pork I ever ate was in Vietnam. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the, the food there's a little, you know, fresher, like more direct farm to farm to table. Yeah. Than anything else, the chicken's like extremely springy. Yes. Yeah, it has chicken. like that that texture, like it's what it real chicken. Big. Like I can't. How do you say the word yai in Vietnamese? Like uh, not chewy, tough, or not tough. I mean, I guess chewy. I guess. Yeah, there's just that spring. You yeah. know, like it was alive. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, it was the difference of like not traveling across the country like here. Yeah. Or being far away from a farm because you'd be right by the animals, right? Or maybe a different situation like that. I don't want to get into detail, but maybe it's a different slaughter process, perhaps. You know, the rigor. We don't really want the rigor. Yeah. We had lunch at uh, this place outside of Sapa. Well, in Sapa, yeah. And uh, we ordered a chicken dish two ways. They're like, okay, we'll be right back. So that was probably the freshest chicken I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. As one of our, uh, like, travel mates go, you pick a chicken, you kill a yeah. chicken, you a chicken. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, you and Chef Kai. So you kind of described your relationship as kind of a love hate one, which I guess happens a lot, of course, in restaurants. And when you spend so much time together, when it goes to like the not so lovey part, how do you guys resolve and then turn back to love? For me, myself, um, in any relationship, I have to step back and I have to look at the person and evaluate myself and how I'm going to react. And, and um, every person's different to me, um, especially dealing with so many as well. Uh, Kai is the same way. We may butt heads for sure, but you know, I've known him since he was 14. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Way back. Yes. Like brother and sister kind of way back. Yes. Um, and then now has turned into a brother, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. <laughs> and Louis can actually, like, you know, um, uh, Louis can actually. Um, confirm that because she kind of witnessed it. (laughs) Um, You know, I love Kai. Uh, Kai is a very special person. Um, He is, has a force that no one that I've seen has, to be honest with you. He has his energy. I don't know where it comes from. So I, I respect him more and more. Um, the more I see, it's like, all right, I just got back from so and so, and let me go run a full marathon in Kona. Right. You know, like, oh, okay, well, I'm just gonna run a marathon. Oh my God, it's simple. But no, I'm going to uh, the Great Wall of China to run a marathon. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, doing all the stuff that he's doing, and he does do a lot. Um, so I think my the, the respect that I have for people and especially for him uh, overpowers any little bit of animosity or hate that could be there. So you respect him? Of course I do, yes. Um, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We've got on the fly with Christina Nguyen from District 1. We're going to start right now. The food you can't live without. Turkey. Cat or dog person? Dog. Dessert craving? None. Oh my goodness. You gotta have something. Wow. Best tool for your job? 
art, most inspirational chef. All of the above. <laughs> Dream place to travel. Every day is a dream. <laughs> Travel Travel every day. <laughs> Favorite thing to do in Las Vegas? Eat. Where? Oh dang, I don't know if we could get back make her do that. Bob Taylor's on Monday Bob night. Bob Taylor's. <laughs> on a Monday night prime rib. Prime um thing. <laughs> How do you relax? Cooking. Childhood favorite food. Spaghettios. We gotta ask you this. Guilty pleasure. (laughs) There aren't really no guilty pleasures. You gotta say because you're not guilty. You don't feel guilty about it. Tell us something blackmailable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel guilty about anything. Pleasure's pleasure, huh? Right. And favorite alcoholic beverage. Burnett Bronco. Dude. Christina. Let's go ahead and sell it for District One. Tell us what you got going on. The leftovers? Yeah. Sure, go for it. It'll be uh, December 5th, uh, the Thursday after Thanksgiving. Um, For all of our industry peeps and for people that love turkey like me. Um, It's at noon, right? Starts at noon, goes to 3. And you will have leftovers to bring home. But definitely you'll have cocktails made by Raul from Kanoa Cart. And those are amazing. Uh, we do a lot of uh, absolute juice and Glenn Levitt. And um, just a lot of eating. This, yeah, this Sounds is great awesome. for industry. This is great to build community. Just come over and, you know, spend 35 bucks and, like, hobnob with everybody. Cause I, I bet you everybody wants to see everybody, too. So. Yes. And if you're not in industry, you're still invited. Yeah. So it is coming up very soon in the next couple of days. listening to two sharp chefs in a microphone we love subscribers almost as much as we love food if you like what you heard please subscribe rate and review and check out two sharp chefs that's with a number two on instagram and facebook as well as our wordpress blog email us with any questions and ideas at two sharp chefs at gmail.com and louie we stream new episodes every monday on itunes spotify radio public and stitcher it's been a pleasure we're 86 till next week Thank you.